How many of you brought your Bible this morning? Will you hold up the Word of God all over the building this morning? And I want to invite you, if you will, to take your Bible and open it to the book of Matthew, chapter 27 this morning. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 27. I have an old Schofield Bible. If you have one, it's page number 1041. And if you don't have one, it's real easy to find. It's the very first book in the New Testament, Matthew, chapter 27. And in just a moment, I'm going to read some verses here, and I'll ask you, if you will, to leave your Bible open because basically what I want to do this morning is I just want to tell a story that's found here in the Word of God and just kind of piece it together for you and to share something with you that I hope God will use to, uh, to uh, help us this morning. I want to thank you again for being with us. It is so good to see you. I have prayed for many of you that are here this morning. Our church has been praying for you as well and we're delighted to have you. And I want to tell you this, you are always welcome at Woodland. Can I have an Amen. Uh, we're, you're always welcome here. Many of you, this is your home. This is where you grew up at. This is your home. And uh, so welcome home this morning. And I hope it won't be just for an Easter visit. I hope you'll come back again real soon and be with us in our services uh, again. Don't forget this afternoon at 5.30. Don't miss the program tonight. I hope you'll be here at 5.30 for the service this evening. All right, Matthew chapter 27. If you're there, would you say amen? amen. All right, I want you to look this way, if you will. There is a verse that is found in the Bible that I want to read to you this morning that goes along with this story. In fact, it kind of, I guess maybe what I'm trying to say is it kind of sets the stage for what I want to talk about this morning. So I ask our men, I didn't want to have you to turn there because we may get lost in the process, so I ask our men if they would to put the verse up on the screen this morning. And here is the verse that I want to kind of use to kind of spring in to what I'm talking about this morning. Over in the book of Jude, Jude verse number 4, there is a verse that goes something like this. For there are certain men crept in unawares. For there are certain men that have crept in unawares. Now let me just stop and say that this verse is a warning to the church to be on guard, to be on the lookout, because there are people who would try to come from the outside of the church and work from the inside out to try to do great harm and detriment to the cause of Christ. And Jude is warning us, now be careful, watch for these people, because they creep in unawares. But what I want to do this morning is, I want to use that verse to kind of set the stage to a man that I want to talk about from the Word of God, because whether you know this or not, somebody has crept in among us this morning. I know you probably didn't even notice it, but while you were taking your seat, there was one that just slipped right in with the crowd this morning and sat down. He was unnoticed. He was unrecognized. And just to be honest with you, he's somebody that we really just don't think a whole lot about. But as I close the sermon this morning, what I want to do is I want to introduce you to this person that has slipped in among us this morning. Now, the person that I'm talking about is a man by the name of Barabbas. His name is Barabbas. Now, we know, we know him vaguely simply because he is associated with and in the story of the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus. In fact, let me tell you about Barabbas. All four gospel writers mention him, but again, we really don't think a lot about him. I doubt anybody in this room this morning drove up in the parking lot, jumped out of the car, grabbed your Bible, and said, 
Well, I sure hope I hear a sermon on Barabbas this morning because we really, we don't really think a lot about him. I doubt anybody in this room last night went to bed thinking, I sure hope they preach on Barabbas in the morning. I doubt anybody in here last night went to bed and dreamed about chocolate bunnies, colored eggs, and Barabbas last night. Because let's just face it, we really don't think a lot about him, but I want you to look at me now. He came to this service this morning. That's right. He crept in among us this morning. So what I want to do, will you let me do this? Let me read to you his story as found in the Gospel of Matthew. So Matthew chapter 27. If you don't have a Bible, maybe the verses will be up on the screen. If you don't, maybe you can look with somebody sitting next to you this morning. Let's read the story of Barabbas. Look at verse 15. Now at that feast, now we know we're talking about the feast of the Passover. Now at that feast, the governor, speaking about Pilate, was wont to release a, uh, uh, unto the people a prisoner whom they would. So what we have here is Pilate, and a custom of this feast was every time the Jews celebrated the feast of the Passover, they would get a man out of prison, whoever the crowd wanted, and they would just let him go free. That's what the text is about. Well, verse 16 says this, And they had then a notable prisoner, a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto them, this mob of people, he said to them, Who will ye that I release unto you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called Christ? So Pilate brings them both out. Here's Barabbas and here's Jesus. And he looks at that mob and he says, Okay, our custom is that we release a prisoner. Now here's Jesus and here's Barabbas. Which one of these two men would you rather to be released from jail? Look at verse 18, for he knew that for envy they had delivered him, they had delivered Jesus. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, Pilate's wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man, speaking about Jesus, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the multitude that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whether of the twain will ye that I release unto you? They said, say it with me, they said, Barabbas. Pilate said unto them, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, let him, let Jesus be crucified. When Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made, he took water, washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. See ye to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. And as a final, I guess, sentence to the life of Barabbas, verse 26 says, Then released he Barabbas unto them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. One of my favorite things to do as a preacher, and I like to do this, is to take little bits of bones that we find out about a person's life and try to flesh out a story regarding their life. Maybe put together what this person said. Maybe it's just a sentence or uh, maybe it's just a word or two about a person in the Bible. And then take what somebody else said about him and then just see if we can't put together a story 
regarding their life. And that's what I want to do this morning. This man that has crept in among us, the one that I'm going to introduce you to him in just a moment, I'm going to have him to come and stand up on this platform in just a moment. But can I kind of tell you his story, piecing together what the Bible says about him? I guess we could say there are really three chapters to the life of Barabbas. What I want to do is talk about it this morning. First of all, let's talk a little bit, number one, about what I want to call Barabbas, Barabbas, the guilty sinner. Barabbas, the guilty sinner. Now, I've got to confess right up front, ladies and gentlemen, we really don't know a whole lot about the life of Barabbas early on. For instance, we don't know where he lived. We don't know where he went to school. We don't know what kind of a child he was. We don't know what kind of a teenager he was. In fact, really, just about all we know about him in those early years is, is what we learn about him from his name. You see, in Bible days, names meant something. Now, in our day, we just pick out a, a unique name or, a, or a, an unusual name, maybe a name that nobody's ever thought of, slap it on our, on our child, like a boy named Sue. You may have heard that, boy named Sue. But uh, we, we want to give them a name, you know, and, and it's an unusual name, so nobody else has that name. Well, uh, in Bible days, when they gave somebody a name, it meant something. It really did. It told a little bit of a story about their life. I heard about this man and his wife that was laying in bed one night watching TV, had all the lights out in the house, when unbeknownst to them, a burglar had broke into their house. Now, they didn't know he was there. He didn't know they were there. So he walks into the bedroom, he's got his gun out in a sack, he's going to take their jewels and their belongings, and he walks in, and lo and behold, there is this man and woman laying in the bed. And he looks at them, and they look back at him, and he says, you know I'm going to have to kill you now, because you saw me, you are a witness to what I'm doing here, so I'm going to have to shoot you. And, and, and so he looked at the woman, he said, now before I shoot you, what's your name? Oh, she said, my name is Elizabeth. Oh, he said, I can't shoot you. He said, my mama's name was Elizabeth. Ain't no way I can shoot you. So he took the gun, pointed at the man. said, what's your name? He said, well, my name is, my name is Harry, but my friends call me Elizabeth. <laughs> In Bible days, names meant something. Now, his name, say it with me, his name is Barabbas. So what does the name Barabbas mean? Well, it's actually made up of two words. It's made up of the word bar and the word abbas. Bar, abbas. Now, the word bar means son. And the word abbas means father. There's actually a verse over in Romans chapter 8 that talks about you and me praying to our Abba Father. So when we put his name together, it means this, son of the father. Or really, literally, it means this, dearly beloved son of the father. Now, I don't know all that I'm about to say, if it's true or not, but I mean, just from that, I kind of take it in my mind that Barabbas and his dad have a great relationship together. I mean, it was a, it was a glad day in the household of this man, Abbas, when this boy was born, and he took one look at him, and he said, I tell you what, I already love that boy. I'm so proud of him. I'm going to call him Barabbas, son of Abbas. 
So we know one thing, that he and his dad growing up must have had a special relationship. Now, some of you are here this morning. You didn't have that kind of relationship with your daddy. Maybe your daddy ran off when you were just a child. Maybe, maybe you don't know a whole lot about your daddy this morning. Or maybe your dad was hard and stern when you were growing up. And boy, he was tough on you. And you don't have that loving kind of relationship. But Barabbas must have had because his daddy said, That's my dearly beloved son. But I, then I read in the Gospel of Matthew a man by the name of John Phillips that I read after a lot, and he said this about Barabbas. He said, if you'll notice that word rabbis, it is close kin to the word rabbi. So he said, we may not be missing it far to say that not only did Barabbas, was he the son of his father, but he also may have been the son of a rabbi. Oh, now we're starting to get a little picture about his life. Now we're starting to understand a little bit about how he was raised because he had a special relationship with his daddy, but not only that, but boy, he was brought up right. He was brought up in the home of a rabbi. Let me put that in Forsyth County language. He was brought up in the home of a preacher. He was taught what was right. I mean, he was taught the, to love the Lord God. He was taught to live by the commandments. He was taught to do what was right. He was taught to pray and to faithfully attend the services of the synagogue and, and the temple, as the case may be. Oh, yeah, he was taught to love God, and he was taught to love his neighbor. But, boy, when we read about him here in this text, we, run, we learn that something has run amok in his life. Man, somewhere along the way, this boy that had such promise with a loving daddy and a daddy that brought him upright and a mama that brought him upright, now we come to learn that, man, something, the wheels of his life has run off. Somewhere along the way, man, he has got off the rails. And I say that because what we're told about him. Look again in our text, according to verse number 16 of Matthew 27, we're told that he was called a notable prisoner. In other words, that means he was, he was a famous prisoner back in those days. I mean, his face was plastered on, on wanted signs in the land of Israel. I mean, he, he, was, he was a constant, he showed up constantly on live PD back in that day. He was constantly on the program Israel's Most Wanted. You know why? I'll tell you why. Man, he was a famous prisoner. He was a notable prisoner. Everybody knew that Barabbas was a rebel. So in Matthew's gospel, we learn that he's a notable prisoner. But then Mark tells us this about him. I don't know if y'all can see this or not, but Mark says this, that there was a man named Barabbas which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him and who had committed murder, committed murder in the insurrection. Oh, my goodness. Not only is he a notable prisoner, but now we come to understand that he's a terrorist back in that day. He's trying to overthrow the government. He's an insurrectionist. He hates the, the empire of Rome. And, and the Bible said that he's gone so far that he's even committed murder. Wait a minute. Maybe he's killed some Roman official. Maybe he put a, uh, put a bomb in a fertilizer truck, blew it up, blew a synagogue up, or, or blew a, a, a Roman governmental house up and killed a lot of people. But we learn that not only is he a notable prisoner, not only is he a terrorist, but now he's a murderer. As well. Luke tells us this about him. Luke tells us that he was a, uh, who for a certain sedition made in the city and for murder, that he had been arrested now for murder and for his insurrection, and he's been thrown into prison, and we know he's received the sentence of death. 
So he, let me say this. As our text opened, Barabbas is sitting on death row. What's wrong with him? Well, he's a notable prisoner. He's famous. Everybody knows he's a rebel. He's an insurrectionist. He's trying to overthrow the government for crying out loud. And he's killed people. He's a murderer. And then to add insult to injury, John tells us this about him. John tells us they cried again saying, not this man but Barabbas. And then John just throws this in. Barabbas, he was a robber. Now watch this. So he's a, he's a notable prisoner. He's an insurrectionist. He's a terrorist. He's, he's a murderer. And now he's robbing people. Can I tell you what Barabbas would be in Forsyth County language? He was a thug. That's exactly what he was. He was a man that was heading nowhere fast. Now, I don't know what had happened. He had such a, a promising upbringing. He had such a godly daddy and a good relationship. But somewhere along the road of his life, I don't know, through a series of bad decisions, his life has got off the rails. You know, there may be some people sitting right here in this service today. You had a good mama and a good daddy. Boy, they brought you up right. And they taught you to love God. And they taught you to love your fellow man. And they taught you to do what's right and to live right. But somewhere along the way, through a series of bad decisions, you sit in a place this morning you never dreamed your life would get to with your life out of control and problems, maybe problems in your marriage and problems going on in your life. And, and you had a, such a promise but you started making some bad decisions. Can I tell you what Barabbas was? Barabbas, yeah, he was a guilty sinner. Amen. But now we turn the page because in our text this morning we find that not only is he a guilty sinner, but in our text this morning we also see Barabbas not only the guilty sinner, but next we see Barabbas the great salvation. Now watch what happens in our text this morning. According to our text this morning, Barabbas is sitting on death row. He's awaiting certain execution. He knows that his life is over. Maybe he's already had his last meal. Maybe he's already had his last visit from his mama. Can't you just see this in your mind? I can see his mama come to see him for the last time, tears coursing down her cheeks, and she says, Barabbas, I'm so glad your daddy's not here to see what you've done with your life. Barabbas, how in the world, son, did you wind up at this place? And tears are running down her cheeks, and tears are running down his cheek as he thinks to himself, would to God I could go back and do some things over again. Would to God I could turn back the hand of time, go back and make and undo some of the decisions that I've made. Stop running with some of the crowd that I ran with. Would to God I could go back and start all over again. But it's too late. He's on death row. In just a few hours, he's going to be executed. His life is over. And then, watch this now, as the sun begins to rise that morning, he hears the soldiers begin to rustle and make their way down the hallway to his death row cell. And he hears those soldiers as they're marching down through there and the clanging of their sword and, and the, their, 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 uh, their military uniform. And he hears all of that and he thinks to himself, this is it. And his heart begins race out of his chest. His blood pressure uh, elevates and he thinks to himself, my life is over. And they walk in there and they grab him and ruffle him up just a little bit, rough him up a little bit, and then they lead him out. But to his surprise, they're not going to the courtyard. They're going toward the palace. 
he thinks to himself, this is the morning I'm going to die. It's over. My life is over. But why are they taking me this way? I don't understand. And so finally, they bring him into the palace instead of the courtyard to scourge him and then crucify him. He's brought before King Pilate. He stands there before Pilate thinking to himself, what in the world is going on? And in just a moment, another man is brought in by the Roman soldiers and he's been beaten and his eyes are swollen shut and there's blood running out of his ears and out of his mouth and there's gaping holes on the side of his face where they've literally ripped his beard out. Oh, you can tell he's been treated terrible and he's brought in and he's, and he's thrown beside a Pontius Pilate. And the next thing you know, Pilate says to a mob of hundreds of people that have gathered there, Bartimaeus can't believe, or Barnab uh, Barabbas can't believe his ears. The man that he hears is standing next to Pilate. Somebody says his name is Jesus. Barabbas has heard about him before. Barabbas has heard about this miracle worker. He's heard about some of the things that he's done, how that one night he was on a ship and he, he said, Peace be still. And a terrible storm laid down like whoop pups on the sides of that boat. He heard, he's heard about how Jesus has touched those that has leprosy. And he, he even heard just recently how that one of his friends had been dead for 96 hours. And, and this man, Jesus, walked out to the graveyard and said, Lazarus, come forth. And the reports he got is, That old boy just walked out of the tomb alive. Oh, he's heard about Jesus. And to his surprise, as he stands there, Pilate steps forward and said, Okay, a custom of your feast is that I released a prisoner unto you, and I have brought them forth that you may choose. Do you choose to release Jesus of Nazareth, or do you choose to release Barabbas? Now watch this. Barabbas knows he ain't got a chance against Jesus. I mean, I mean, by all accounts, what he's heard of Jesus, this man's never done anything wrong, but it's always done good. And Barabbas, he's a notable prisoner, criminal. He's a cutthroat. He's a robber. He's an insurrectionist. He's a murderer. He don't have a chance against Jesus. When to his surprise, the whole crowd starts chanting, Barabbas! Barabbas! Give us Barabbas! And Pilate is so stunned by their response that he asked them a second time. Look again in our text. He not only asked them in Matthew 27, verse 17, but he comes down then in the same chapter in verse number 21, and he has to ask the question again. He can't believe. The crowd is crying, Hey, let Barabbas go free and crucify Jesus. Pilate pleads with the crowd. Pilate says, I don't even find any fault in this guy. But we all know Barabbas. We know what a scoundrel he is. We know what a, a, a caliber of person that he is. I can't find anything wrong with this Jesus. You've got to be kidding me. But Pilate gives in to the crowd, tells Jesus, and, and, and orders the soldiers, go scourge him and then crucify him. And he looks at Barabbas and he says, Barabbas, you can go free. 
You are free. He can hardly believe his ears. I mean, one moment he's on death row. He's prepared to die. Now he's told by, of all people, the ruler, you are free to go. Can you just imagine how he must have felt? I mean, by this time, my knees feel like wash rags. I mean, I'm, I'm washed out. One moment, I'm expecting to die. The next moment, I'm told that I can live. I can't believe it. I'm free to go. Now watch this. There's Barabbas, the guilty sinner. There's Barabbas. All of a sudden, in an amazing turn of events, he's no longer going to die. He now can live. The great salvation. But then watch this, and I'm done. There's Barabbas. The gospel story. Because what we see happening to Barabbas is the same thing that can happen to anybody in this building today. Because in reality, you may tell you why Barabbas was set free. You may tell you why Barabbas was let go. Get the picture. He's guilty. Jesus is innocent. Barabbas needs to be punished. Jesus has broken no law. Barabbas deserves to die. Jesus has done nothing worthy of death. But watch this. Barabbas was let go because Jesus was sentenced to die. Maybe, maybe I could say it like this. Jesus was put to death on the cross that was meant for Barabbas. Now, can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? That's what Easter's about. That's why we're here today. Well, we got our yellow clothes on. Man, you look good, hair in place, brute, aftershave, Chanel number five, right guard. We sit in this place. You, hey, listen, you may have thought you was just coming to just another Easter service, but I want to tell you something, friend. You come this morning, and my, my desire is to present you with the gospel story. You see, you see, the reason Barabbas was set free is because Jesus died on the cross that was meant for Barabbas. Let me say it like this. I'm going to wrap this up. Let me say it like this. Watch this. Let's just suppose that you had committed a terrible crime. Let's just say you committed a terrible crime. Let's say you're driving down Highway 52 and somebody cut you off. And then... I mean, you, you, they almost wrecked you for crying out loud. And then when you looked over at them as to say, have a good day, they gave you the number one signal. Like, you're number one. I don't think it's the wrong finger. Well, you caught up to them. And when you caught up to them, you took your car because you was riding in a Jeep and nothing hurts a Jeep. And you ran them off the road. You didn't mean to, but they flipped over a guardrail down into a ditch and it killed them. I mean, just a moment of anger, you lost your cool and you caused their death. So you pull your car over, you feel guilty, man, you think, oh my goodness, what have I done? And they start dragging him up and first thing you know, you're, you're, you're accused of murder. You go to court. You're sentenced to die because you've taken that man's life, that person's life. You've been sentenced to die in the electric chair in Raleigh, North Carolina, and you're placed on death row. Now, you've exhausted all of your appeals, and it's your day of execution. Stay with me. So they come in there, and they, they lead you down the hallway, and 
They bring in to this room, and there it sits, the electric chair. And, and, and they take you, and they put you in that chair, and they strap you in, put that metal helmet on your, your head, and strap your hands in. And the warden, reading the certificate of death, says, and he calls your name and says, because you have been found guilty of murder, your life has been commanded to be given in exchange. And he reaches up to grab the switch to throw the electricity that's going to end your life. And just before he throws it, some man that you've never met rushes into the room and says, Warden, 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 hold on just a second. Wait just a second. And the Warden says, what? He said, I'll tell you what, Warden. If you'll let him get up and go free, I'll sit in that chair and take his place. The warden said, <laughs> let me get this straight. So you, you want to take his place, and you want him to walk out of here scot-free? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can we work that deal? And the warden said, well, I've never done this before, but as far as I'm concerned, this is the beatingest thing I ever heard, but if you're, if, you're, if you're doing do it, let's do it. So they uncuff you, stand you over there, and put this man you've never met in the chair, and in just a matter of a second, throw the switch, and he is dead. And you walk up to the warden, and you say, but warden, wait a minute. I'm the guilty one. What about me? And the warden looks at you and says, well, as far as the record of the law is concerned, the penalty's been paid. You're free to go. Now you know kind of how Barabbas felt. <laughs> Jesus was put to death on the cross that was meant for Barabbas. Jesus took Barabbas' pain. Jesus took his punishment. Jesus died his death so Barabbas could walk off free. And ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what Jesus did for you and did for me. He died. We were the guilty ones. But Jesus died in our place so that God could look at us and say, you can go free. That's the whole story of Easter. Somebody say, preacher, what happened to Barabbas? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. Because there are two traditions. I, I can't prove either one of these. But let me tell you what tradition, history says about Barabbas. There's one tradition that says this. There's one said that when Barabbas walked out of the palace that day, a free man, moments ago condemned to die, the next moment a free man that didn't make any difference in his life whatsoever. He went right back to cutting throats, right back to robbing, right back to trying to overthrow the government, right back to killing people. I mean, it didn't make any difference in his life whatsoever. He was just cold and unconcerned about it. You know, there's some people sitting here this morning, and I've told you that Jesus died in your place. And I'd be John Brown, if you ain't going to walk out of here this morning, go right back to your liquor and right back to your drugs and right back to your immoral relationship. You know why? It don't mean a thing to you. I mean, it's nothing to you what Jesus did. You're going to live your life the way you want to live it. And as far as what Jesus did for you, who cares? Isn't that sad? And be just like Barabbas or the tradition. Just go right back to the way you've been living. You stop by on Easter. Thank you for coming. Preacher, glad to see you again. I'll be back maybe next Easter. And it's going to mean nothing to you. But there's another tradition that says this, that Barabbas left that judgment hall 
He followed Jesus, watching him through the streets of Jerusalem. He watched him drag that old cross. And he went out there and took his place with the mob standing up at Golgotha. And he saw Jesus on that cross look over that crowd and said, Father, forgive them. He watched him as he died and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And he bowed his holy head upon his holy breast and he died. And old Barabbas purposed from that point forward he was going to live for the man who took his place and died for him. You say, preacher, what why don't we know? I'll tell you why we don't know because the question's unanswered. But I guess... What we need to worry about, don't need to worry so much about what Barabbas did. Maybe I need to ask you, what are you going to do? Barabbas is dead. Barabbas is gone. His fate is sealed. But you're here. You're alive. You got a choice to make. Are you going to walk out of here today and go back to whatever? Don't mean a thing to me, preacher. Thank you for telling me, but man, I don't care. Or will you today say, you know something? From this point on, I'm going to give my life to the one who died in my place. Oh, I told you a minute ago, I got to introduce you to him. Because I, ha I had him to come to the service today. I did. I got to introduce you to him. Barabbas. Barabbas. Come here. You're looking at him. I am Barabbas. Hey, I'm not guilty of breaking the laws of the land. But I tell you what I am guilty of, breaking the law of the Lord. <laughs> and I deserve to die. <laughs> but Jesus said, hey, I'll take his place. I'll die in his place. I'll take his punishment. I'll bear his shame. I'll take his humiliation, put it on me so he can go free. Put her there, buddy. I am Barabbas. And guess what? Put her there, buddy. You are Barabbas. So what are you going to do about it? Is it just going to be business as usual? See you next Easter? Or will you say, I'll give my life to the one who took my place? Let's bow our heads for prayer. Every head bowed.